0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Spice of Life podcast. I'm your host, Chef Taylor Duncan, and I'm here joined by my friend, Kimberly Lesh. Hey, Kimberly, hello, how are you doing hello. today?
1: Doing great. How about you?
0: Good, good. So uh, I wanted to, to introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. Um, talk about you know what you're doing currently and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, awesome. So my name is Kimberly. I hail from San Diego. I was a private chef out there for about nine years. Currently, I live in Virginia Beach, and I'm working for U.S. Foods as a territory manager, which is basically a sales rep.
0: Okay, awesome. So let's talk about U.S. Foods a little bit. How has U.S. Foods been? You, have you, how long have you been working there?
1: I've been with them for a little over 10 months now, and it's absolutely wonderful. I love it. It's a company that goes all over the United States, but it feels like a very small family, uh, the way that they organize their teams. So our district over here is is basically just Norfolk and Virginia Beach, and there's about eight of us. It's a nice little family.
0: Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's not so you're not stretched, you know, having to go all over the place as one rep, which is, I'm sure, is nice.
1: Not at all. And I get to eat at all of my local restaurants and, and help them build their, build their menus, which is oh, a blast.
0: That's awesome. I'm sure you enjoy that for sure. So... Next, let's talk about a little bit about supply chain. You guys have been having some supply chain issues. I know a lot of places have.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Everywhere, everywhere has been. Um, anywhere from Restaurant Depot to um, big manufacturers. And what we're noticing is it's coming from all different sides. And, and when one thing is affected, it slowly trickles down and affects everyone. So, for example... Um, although initially we were saying there's labor issues, now we're starting to find out that we're having lack of supplies like aluminum to be able to build um, tin cans that products are going in. So instead of being able to offer multiple sizes of cans, companies are starting to only manufacture one size and making that available. So everyone's pivoting and trying to figure out a way to make it work, but
0: that's crazy every, about every the ten cans. I didn't thing. know that was a thing. That's, that's Isn't that
1: crazy? And right now, right now, the big one um, that's a, a hot ticket item and really hard to find is cream cheese. Yeah, I I've heard that. Been... I-
0: I've seen that because I've seen there was like a cream cheese shortage. And I noticed when I went to the grocery store one day, he's like, yeah, I have some cream cheese down there on the end cap, but it was called something different. It was like Canadian cream cheese or something. It was like something I'd never heard of, but it tasted just like it.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what Canadian cream cheese is, other than potentially just from Canadian cows, but Right.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so nicer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so well yeah, so so you've definitely been seeing a little bit of that. Next, let's talk about um do you guys support like any local farms through US foods?
1: So definitely. Um it it changes by seasons, obviously, because where we are locally, we don't necessarily always have the best Seasons for growing, um, right. as opposed to certain areas like Florida or California that can really grow things year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things for us, other than farms, would be would be for fish. Uh, we do supply a lot of our a lot of our um, restaurants with local fish, with um, oysters and mussels. That's all coming from within typically about 50 miles
0: oh that's great no that's super important and i know they i know when i use us foods they had the fresh fish program which was really good i used number of times um other than that are you guys using any like local beef or local chicken or anything like that
1: not as much not as much gotcha. um i think the locust we have the most local we have is coming from uh, i want to say about 200 miles so i got you not super local i was
0: just curious because you know sometimes those companies kind of partner with certain distributors and stuff like that so next yeah
1: we definitely know um some great local farms but the the hardest thing for us at u.s foods is we have such a huge amount of of demand that a lot of the the more local farms are smaller and can't keep up with the demand
0: that we oh yeah definitely no 100 percent understand that so next let's talk about you being a private chef in san diego how was that
1: it was a dream, it was my passion, I loved every minute of it. I loved working in people's homes and become, becoming part of their families and um, it truly was a blessing. I learned so much just from working closely with with people and watching them eat my product. Um, mm-hmm. You learn that everyone has a little bit of a different taste bud and what they like and don't like is, is always very individual. And so it became a, a passion of mine to really figure out how to customize each individual meal so that that individual person would, would to love it, tastes, be able to. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you've, you've been experiencing the same stuff.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's, I've had several repeat clients and they're all, you know, sir, sir, very particular about things, how they want things. And you know, that's perfectly fine. And you know, that's why uh, we do what we do is we're people pleasers at the end of the day. Um, so definitely. Oh, yeah. so, 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 how did you get into being a private chef? Like, what what took you to that point?
1: Well, uh, after culinary school, I was working in in restaurants uh, on, in Coronado Island, um, outside of San Diego. Okay. It's actually part of San Diego, and I loved that. But I was really looking to try and become um, step away from all of the nights, weekends, and holidays. Mm-hmm. So when uh, I, I found a great company called Secret Table, they were a high end catering company, and we did pop-up events all around San Diego that hosted about 200 people at a time. So they were huge okay. events. Um, but through through that, through that company, I started finding individuals that were looking for more of a customized plan and, and healthy. And, I'm sorry?
0: Like more intimate type setting too? Like smaller, Definitely more catered Definitely more intimate. Them? Yeah.
1: Um, the, the majority of the people that I, I cooked for um, – Were small families, uh, which was a blast. And my own particular niche was holistic healing. Um, After going to culinary school, I went to another school called the Holistic Healing Institute, Mm -hmm. where I learned how to customize recipes based on people's dietary restrictions. So say you have diabetes or Mm -hmm. um, cancer and you're trying to recover. I had a few families that had adopted kids that needed help making sure that their, their young, their young babies, um, after moving off of formula had all the nutrients they needed. So I would come in and really work with them and try and figure out ways to make sure that they're getting everything that they could out of each meal.
0: Oh, definitely for sure. So, so did you have like clients, like permanent clients, like where you cook for them every night of the week or like a couple nights a week?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. I had, I had about three that were revolving that I had every single week. And then I had some others that were for holidays, for weekends mm-hmm. that, you know, for special occasions and that kind of stuff. No,
0: that's awesome. So it was, dude, that's yeah, it I, really
1: kept me busy, it was nice.
0: Oh, definitely. Because in this area, I haven't been able to find someone, well, I, I've had some people that want me to cook for them like every single day, like my, uh, you know breakfast, lunch and dinner, but I don't want to donate my time just to one person for that. Um, but more so here, it's more of the small intimate dinners that I've seen very a lot of popularity with
1: oh yeah and I've seen a few of your pictures it looks like a lot of fun
0: oh yeah definitely I've had some really cool you know different uh pairing techniques and I don't ever do the same menu twice and you know we did a tequila dinner back in uh December that was fun and a bunch of different stuff like that so I always just keep it different and keep it you know keep it moving and keep it uh always changing so like you know as a chef that's my biggest thing is doing the same thing over and over again just gets monotonous so that's why when I decided to develop my company I wanted to decide where you know I have options if people want me to suggest things but I don't really necessarily want to do the same menu twice unless people loved it and want it again that makes sense
1: absolutely and you know what my favorite part about that is following the seasons because we have so many different fruits and vegetables come yep. available to a time that gives you the ability to, to evolve and change regularly. No,
0: definitely. And that's what I've seen. Like I've had like, you know, probably like a select couple things that were like really popular again in the spring and the summer, you know, a bunch of different salad options. And now since we're in the wintertime, I'm doing a lot of different soups, and a lot more heartier dishes and stuff like that. And I'm sure you know, you saw that as well. So so next, let's talk about, um, you know, other than the holistic healing aspect, did you focus on any certain cuisines when you were doing your private chefing in San Diego?
1: No, I'm, I love to do it all, honestly, kind of just like you. I loved mm-hmm. the variety. Um, my big thing was being able to take somebody's favorite dish and alter it so that it was healthier. Um, so I guess healthy food would be... Right, and you're vegan as recommend. well, right? Uh, I like to say plant-based. Okay. I do eat fish. And if you put a pizza in front of my face, I can't say no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so did you incorporate any of that or, so, so what made you go plant-based? So how long have you been plant-based?
1: Well, I turned vegetarian when I was 10 years old. So okay. for quite some time, for
0: quite okay. some time. I, I just didn't know yeah. if it was like the culinary industry strayed you that way or if it was just like a certain trigger that made you go that way or if it was just for to feel healthier.
1: Yeah. So when I was 10 years old, I was a very stubborn little girl and I finally made the connection that a pig is bacon and... <laughs> and a chicken is chicken took me a little long but i figured it out and i think what really led it led me to it was i had a little bunny rabbit growing up and the boys used to love to tease me about having lucky rabbit's feet and all of that
0: Uh, so it it was
1: it, it yeah it started off for that as that for me and you know being very stubborn i i stuck to it so it was definitely an interesting thing joining culinary school because of course, everyone was really, really curious why I was in there. But I have mm-hmm. no problem hand- handling meat. I know that most vegans would probably be very upset to hear me say that. Um, but right. I, I, it's part of my day in, day out at work. Um, not as much anymore, but it was back then. And, you know, I just—I was used to it. I love cooking. I love making other people happy. And um, I have my own personal eating habits, and so do other people. And I mm-hmm. try and order- everyone for, for their
0: own choices. No, that's, that's perfect. And, you know, as a chef, we have to be like that, you know, like, I mean, there's certain things, you know, I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole, but you know how to make (laughs) it good, you know, how to make it good and taste really good. Then, uh, you know, people love it and that's all that matters. Oh, I,
1: I completely agree completely.
0: So another question I have, so we talked about you having, um, you know, clients that had you know, special needs and cancer and stuff like that, um, were those your primary clients, like people that had disabilities or was it, um, more clients that were more high end and like just didn't have time to cook? I'm just generally curious.
1: It was, it was a, a good spread. Um, a lot of them were very high end clients that, that wanted specifically healthier meals. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but didn't have necessarily a, 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 dietary restriction. Gotcha. um, you know, the gluten-free was everywhere. Most, most of my accounts tried to avoid gluten, but, but a lot of them was more of the trendiness of it and not necessarily because I got, gotcha. um, so it was like,
0: that. yeah, that makes a lot more sense. You know, California is very, uh, really hype on their food trends. So that definitely, Oh um, yeah, I can't imagine what, it, what it's like being a chef over there and, you know, changing all the time, doing all different types of things like that, which is, which is cool. Um, so the next question I have for you is: Have you always loved to cook? Like, what made you choose to be a chef or go in the culinary route?
1: So you know, growing up, I didn't I didn't cook all that much. Um, my family used to do one one night a week where my brother would cook and I would cook, and that was kind of our first first time touching food. But mm-hmm. I have to admit, all I would do on my night to cook was burritos. That was my favorite <laughs> thing. Um, and then it wasn't really until I started uh, when I was in college I was nannying for a family a greek family and the mother was a great cook and she loved cooking and she loved the experience of it and the greek culture they really are big on bringing families together in the kitchen all the ladies would be in there together cooking and so she really taught me a lot um, and i i fell in love with it after that
0: okay now that's 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 kind of similar to me because you know when i worked at waypoint the chef there chef hans was german um and it was a very similar thing i could just see his his connection with food and just like see Mm -hmm. how he spun it with a french fusion and it was just so interesting to me and i was like this is just crazy that you know i get to learn from this man he's i I believe he's like 74 75 years old um and and just like you know so lucky that i got to train under him and and so lucky that you got to meet that lady and her sparks such a great passion inside you for food because you know there's i mean it, it wouldn't change it for the world right
1: absolutely not i love i love what i do it's it brings me joy every day and i hope that you know through our art through through my art that that we can spark joy for other people and and also you know give them a necessary thing for for life
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, food is one of the most important things. Uh, well, I mean, it brings nourishment to our bodies, but also to, you know, it's it's the number one Just thing that makes difference. people happy across the board. You know, when you look at things, you know, everyone's got to eat and everyone loves good food.
1: Yeah. And everyone eats for different reasons, too. You know, some people eat strictly to be healthy. Other people eat when they're happy. Other people eat when they're sad. It's it's a It's a tool for, for many different avenues. Motion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely. yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So next, let's talk about culinary school. What culinary school did you go to?
1: San Diego Culinary Institute.
0: Okay, and did you associate's, bachelor's? What did you do?
1: Um, It was it was a year-long program okay. and with a four-month externship that's, afterwards. Yeah,
0: that's pretty much exact mine. Mine was uh, 11 months with a four-month externship, so pretty much 15 months. That's what mine was. So very similar, and that's an associate's yeah okay yeah that's perfect I mean you know I've always been told that you know experience is more so better and I just wanted the associates you know to kind of get my foot in the door and to learn the basics and then I I, just from there it's all about what you put into it so I really think that's you know I, I didn't think the bachelor part was necessary um
1: very much the same for me and honestly out where I was that that, that wasn't really even an offer um, oh, there was okay. a few different programs but to from all of my studies that was um, when looking into culinary school that was the best school in, in my area um, also you know it's so funny because once I started working at my at my externship, um, everyone in there thought it was great when you come out of culinary school because you think that you're moving right into the chef position. And mm-hmm, they, I walked mm-hmm. in and they all said, oh, hi, chef, hi, chef. Just joking with me. You know how it is. Oh,
0: yeah, of course.
1: Uh, <laughs> but, you know, for the first few weeks while I was in there, I was prep.
0: Right. That's and generally you know, how it wrap. is. Yeah, that's yeah. generally how it is. That's how I was too. You know, you start you start on prep, what, morning, AM prep? Yep. Yeah, you start on a.m. prep and they see how good you are and they're like, oh, you're too good for prep. Let's move you to nighttime saute. That's what they did for me. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, They're like, oh, yeah, we're wasting time peeling potatoes over there.
1: Right, right. Yeah. He's better utilized somewhere else.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, So next question. What's your favorite meal to cook at home?
1: Well... One of my personals right now is doing pizzas. Um, my husband and I do them from scratch. He mm-hmm. likes to make the dough. And it's fun because it brings that that same thing that I was saying that drew me to cooking in the first place. It brings the family together. We're in the kitchen. There's wonderful smells. And then with pizzas, it's not just one specific recipe. We can really mix them up and turn them into anything. So I can make a vegan pizza or I can make... Uh, A five cheese pizza with a pesto and
0: yeah. So now that is
1: really the limit.
0: Oh no, definitely. So now, does he eat vegan too, or no?
1: He will. Okay. He's he's patient with it. He is nowhere near vegan. I think he tried to, or I think one week I I made only vegan meals, and he told me that he felt like he was about to die and withering away, (laughs) which was not true. But yeah, he likes his he likes his meats and potatoes.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him there, but, you know, to each their <laughs> own. <laughs> um, so a big thing for me, um, you know, a lot of people always ask what I specialize in, and I like to do a lot of crazy different soups and sauces, and I know you like to do soups and sauces as well. So I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite sauce you've ever made?
1: Okay, well, I love – my one of my go-tos is chimichurri. I love it. Yeah, yeah really- that's
0: one of my favorites too. Oh,
1: yeah, a good herbaceous chimichurri can – amazing and really bright on a really heavy rich meal especially on meats Um, oh yeah for sure yeah so definitely that and then for soups uh i've been making this great roasted corn one that i really like and instead of adding um whole cream to it i do coconut cream so hmm. i feel like it makes it a little yeah you, should, you gotta try it if, if you haven't ever done it um it's a great simple sub for for cream it goes down so much easier it digests easier
0: yeah, and I, mean, I think i mean it, i have made it i have made whipped cream from coconut cream yeah. before so i could see that what do yeah. you think no it was different you know it's different It the consistency is a little bit different but it could definitely i mean in soups it would be perfect
1: did you put it in a Spuma or?
0: Yeah. I p- it- yeah. I put it in a Spuma because it, cause it yeah. wouldn't turn up despite. I, 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 no, I lie. I made it once with uh, Xanthan gum too.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, so the trick is, and I, I'm not sure if you, I'm sure you know, but for most people that are listening that don't know, you, you can't use that liquidy part at the bottom. It has to be just that thick cream at the top. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So next question I have for you, and this can be, you know, a however you want to portray it. What is your five-year plan?
1: So right now I'm I'm with U.S. Foods. I definitely plan to stay with them. I love this job so, so much. And my goal is to grow with them. Um, There's other opportunities within U.S. Foods that I can be working more in the kitchen and more with food um, as opposed to in sales. And that's definitely a goal of mine. Um, I would love to help bring in more inventory um more vegan vegetarian friendly products um to for for most restaurants out here right now lots of places are trying to at least get one or two options for vegans on their menu Mm -hmm. because it is becoming such a high demand these days but the issue is being able to buy the vegan products because most products are on direct ship or we have their special orders it takes longer to get to them and it it creates a little bit of a hassle. So I, I really hope to help improve that and really make it more, more readily available.
0: Oh, perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, so next question, what's your favorite culinary show?
1: Oh, I, if this is not every chef's favorite show, mm-hmm. I'm going to be so disappointed. It's chef's Table
0: okay, on Netflix. Yeah, Have you seen it? Of course. Yeah, of course. Okay, good. Well. Okay, okay, what's
1: okay. your favorite one? Oh my god. This okay. will
0: this will show you like I'll tell you my favorite one and mine will make sense and then I want to hear yours. Okay. So mine's Sean Brock.
1: Which one which one was was he um the outdoor cooking one?
0: Yeah, the barbecue one. Like where he shows I, yeah, his roots like the in uh Charleston.
1: Yeah, that's the yeah, that was that was a great episode. I'm trying to remember the chef's name and it was it was about her connectedness to food that really sparked the passion for me or why i appreciated it so much but it was um, it was an asian cuisine and she talked about growing all of the the fruits and vegetables in her yard and in her garden Oh, i know what you're like, talking
0: about. That's a good one. Yeah, too.
1: how she said how you know, it, once you when you're eating your food, you have to realize this little tomato that's on your plate, it took 3 months to grow and it started as a little seed and then it turned into a sprout and then it grew into a flower and the flower turned into this tomato that you're eating. And when you really think about that and you think about how amazing that is and take a breath in between your bites and slow down, it tastes so much more amazing and and you can appreciate what you're eating so much more. And I just thought that that was so beautiful.
0: No, I I totally agree with you on that aspect as well. Another thing that Sean Brock touches on is like the African roots of Southern cuisine. Which was really mm. cool, you know, like where, you know, a lot of the recipes and stuff, you know, down in New Orleans New Orleans area, Charleston, South Carolina, stuff like that, was all from, you know, African cuisine. And, you know, I don't Yeah. It's super it's just super fascinating to me and crazy how stuff got passed down from generation to generation. And you know, we still have stuff like collards today and, you know, gumbos and stuff like that. Mm. It's just it's it's insane. It's it's crazy to me.
1: And some of the most bright and flavorful dishes you'll ever have.
0: Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. So next, who's your all-time favorite chef?
1: So I'm gonna throw a little curveball on this one. Okay. Um, I'm I'm really into this new up-and-coming chef. She's young. Um, I think she started before she was even eighteen. Her name is Haley Tommy Thompson. Okay. Uh, and you can find her on Instagram. Her name's spelled a little funky. It's H A I L E.
0: Um, yeah, you have to send me her Instagram.
1: I will. I will. But she she started basically in the same kind of way that I did. She had to start customizing meals because her father um, was diagnosed with diabetes. Mm-hmm. So she started creating all of these really healthy recipes and trying to figure out how to make things fun for him. And she makes some of the most amazing cakes that I've ever had that are completely vegan. Um, And it's also with good ingredients. So we're not, you know, you'll see some vegan products like Beyond Meat that is a great sub and people enjoy it. The flavor is amazing. It's very, very similar to, you know, what you want to have meat taste like. But the product itself has zero nutrients in it. And it's actually probably bad for you, (laughs) you know. But all of her recipes are very thoughtful. The ingredients are so clean and the product, the end result is, is amazing. I've made many of her cakes for people in the past and they are always, um, through the roof and through wow, the moon. That's awesome. No, that's around. great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely her and I'll, I'll, I'll send you her link so you Sounds can good. post it no. for everyone.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'll, I'll put that in the description at the end of the show so people can check that out. So next question I have for you, um, what is your favorite local restaurant? If you, I don't know if you guys go out, go out quite a bit.
1: All the time. I'm a foodie. <laughs> um, Probably one of my favorites right now is Hearth.
0: Okay. Have yeah, I've heard that's good.
1: Friend? Have you been? You haven't been I yet? I haven't
0: tried it yet. No. I'm just oh. a little so far away. I need to come over there. I know.
1: Yeah, I know. And there's there's one over kind of closer to you, I think, that I've been to that I really like too. I, I believe. It's called Finn.
0: Oh, yeah. I've been to Finn. Finn's good. And now they have Finn and Tonic over in Suffolk that I want to check out, too. So it's supposed to be like a speakeasy. Oh, yeah, it's like tapas, and it's like a speakeasy in the back. Um,
1: I believe there. that's the U.S. Foods account.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it is.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I've, I've really been digging um, civil libation lately. I oh,
1: yeah. I remember having that conversation with you. Yeah, civil libation is great. Mm-hmm. I need to go um, for a brunch out yeah, there. Yeah, their
0: brunch is so good. There's uh, What is it? Butternut squash donut holes are so good.
1: Oh, yeah. That sounds good. That sounds yeah. real good. Yeah,
0: they're really good with like homemade caramel that they make there. Yeah, it's solid. So next yep. I want to kind of talk about how we met. Um, so, what well, we've been friends for almost a almost year and a half now. So we, we met yeah. back when I worked at a place called Kelsic Market over in Gloucester, Virginia. And uh, Kimberly actually joined me and we did a cooking video um, cooking her famous rosemary in the park pretzels together. Um, it was so- a blast. It was really fun and they were delicious. And I will post the picture for you guys to see that as well um, when I do the post for the show. Um, So, so yeah. So next question I have for you, um, who is your most inspiring person in your life?
1: Uh, Probably my parents, probably a double, a a twofer there. Okay, I I was raised by two of the, the greatest people in the world.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, that's 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 really great. That's you know that's always the answer that every parent wants to hear. So that's you know <laughs> amazing. Um, Love you,
1: mom and dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Kimberly, so much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, next question, I, I mean, the last thing I wanted you to do was discuss um, where people can find you on social media. Um, talk about if you have a website or like where just people can check you out, and I'll link all that in the description as well.
1: Yeah, connect with Kimberly. That's my that's my Instagram. Um, it's also on Facebook. I'm, I don't believe I'm as active on the Facebook account as the Instagram, but I'm definitely on the Instagram all the time. So you can see what I eat out, recipes that I cook. Um, sometimes Nate, my husband, tries to stop me from taking too many food photos, but I will I will keep on trying when he's not looking. <laughs> She's
0: got plenty on there, guys, so don't worry. Well, thank you, Kimberly, <laughs> once again so much. And th- guys, once again, this is a Spice of Life podcast. I'm your host, Chef Taylor Duncan, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.